enjoyed the Sunday school, enjoyed the good singing, enjoyed everything that's been said and done. I got a little advice for Brother Ernie. Next time he goes into a church to share his burden, he needs to make an agreement with the sound man to play the Mission Impossible music in the background. Amen. That's all that was missing. Amen. I believe that'd work. Amen. <laughs> I appreciate Brother Ernie and his family. Amen. I'm I. John chapter number six this morning. Uh, if you found your place in Ken and Abel, let's stand just for a few minutes as we read some scripture. Very familiar. It's come to that time of year again for North Spoon. Fixing to make a renewal. Fixing to make another commitment about what the Lord would have you to do in reaching this world with the gospel of Christ. Hope you've been praying and seeking the Lord's will. As we close out from this past year of your faith promise, I feel like I need to ask you a question. Did it take any faith to give your faith promise this year? If it didn't take no faith, you wasn't practicing faith promise. Is that okay? It didn't take no faith to give it. You gave out of your budget. It's not faith promise. I ain't saying that's bad. I'm saying we ain't practicing faith promise. It ain't taking a little faith to give it. Amen? Well, that probably killed the meeting right there. It's all right. I believe that's right. Give by faith. Trust the Lord to do it. Amen? Amen. John chapter number 6. Again, read in verse number 1. The Bible said, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. A great multitude followed him because they saw the miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. The Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Which shall we buy bread that these may eat? This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. Likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege of being able to be here. I want to thank you for everything that's already been said and done. And I just pray now for the next few minutes as we look once again into the Word of God that you would speak to our hearts and help us this morning. Lord, I do pray that nobody would leave without hearing something from you. Lord, I pray that you would use your Word in a mighty way. Lord, I do want to ask you, if you would, just one more time, 
Please touch me afresh. Lord, give me liberty to preach. Whatever you do, we'll do our best to thank you for it. Give you the glory for anything that may be accomplished. Lord, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. And amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I know we're in familiar scripture this morning, with, at least with most of you. Jesus has just uh, got here with these, his disciples and a great multitude has followed and most of them are there probably for the wrong reason. They're just wanting to see a miracle. They're wanting to be entertained. They're wanting to see Jesus perform. They've heard so many things about him and they're hoping to catch something. Well, they're going to. But even though they're there, many of them for the wrong reason, Jesus is still concerned about them, still cares about them. And he's not just concerned about their spiritual things. He's con concerned about the physical things. He wants, to, he wants to feed this crowd. And so he looks at Philip and he asks a question, which shall we buy bread that these may eat? Philip surveyed this big crowd and once he did that, he turned around and he said, why, 200 penny worth of bread would not be sufficient for them and everyone have just a little bit. And uh, about that time, Andrew walks up with that little lad. You all know the story. He's got five barley loaves and two small fishes. And I believe that Jesus did one of the greatest miracles that he ever did while he was here on that hillside that day. I believe it's one of the greatest Miracles that Jesus ever did. You say, preacher, how does feeding the 5,000 compare to giving life back to the dead? Let's think about it just a minute. First of all, one of the reasons I believe that this is one of the greatest miracles Jesus ever did was for the simple fact that this miracle was witnessed by more than any other miracle that he did. If, uh, if we really had a clear number of how many people were there that day. The Bible said about 5,000 men here in John, but then another writer said 5,000 men plus women and children. So you're looking at least 15, some writers say as many as 20,000 people gathered together and witnessed what the Lord just did. And by them witnessing that miracle, it had an impact on them. Do you notice what the last verse we read said? Then those men, when they had seen the miracles that Jesus did, or the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world had an impact on them. Another reason I believe this is one of the greatest miracles that Jesus ever did, outside the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the only other miracle that is recorded by all four writers of the gospel. That says something within itself. We're bad to say that uh, the four Gospels, but I, I'm trying to break myself of that. There's not four Gospels. they just one Gospel. There are four writers, but there's just one Gospel. And all four of those writers told about this event. Only other miracle outside the resurrection that all four of them did that. And then here's another one, probably the key reason I believe this is one of the greatest miracles that Jesus ever did. Most miracles that Jesus did were miracles of restoration. When he gave sight back to the blind, he restored their vision. When he gave life back to the dead, he restored life. But this miracle is not a miracle of restoration. Think about this. This is a miracle of creation. When he took those five barley loaves and two small fishes, 
I don't know if they're in a basket. I don't know if they're in a bag or in a box. But when he reaches in, all there was in there was five barley loaves and two small fishes. But when he reaches in after he's blessed it and break it, he begins to pull it out. Think about this. He's literally creating fish that's never been in the water right there in front of their eyes. He's creating bread that's never been in an oven right there in front of their eyes. Creating bread from grain that's never been in the ground, if you will. It's a miracle of creation. And in such a great miracle that Jesus did, here's what I wanted to get to, out of what Jesus did there that day, there was a lad that got to be a part of it. Didn't have to be a part of it, but he got to be a part of it. May I say this morning, if the Lord's going to do something, I would like to be part of it. Wouldn't you? I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm making that statement from a prideful heart, not, not so that I can say, look what I did or, or anything of that. I'm just saying if God's going to do something, it'd be a real honor. It'd be a blessing just to have a little part in that. And that lad got to do that. Can I ask you this morning, would you like to have a little part in something that God's doing? Something big that God's doing? Somebody said, preacher, I don't believe God's doing nothing big this morning. You're looking in the wrong place. You don't know the same God that I know. My Lord's still doing some big things even in 2023, 22. If He's not doing anything where you are, there may be a reason for that. I read in the scripture that where there was unbelief, he didn't do many mighty works there. It may be the reason why he ain't doing nothing where you're at is simply because you're unbelief. Amen. If you'll believe God do big things, he'll do big things. And if he's doing big things, I would like to be a part of it. Now, if you're interested in being a part of something big, you're interested in being a part of something God's doing, I got some help for you this morning. For just a few minutes, y'all okay? 11.57. Y'all don't have to go far to eat. Ain't that a blessing? Amen. So bear with me. Just give me just a few minutes. I ain't going to tell you how many, okay? If I tell you 30, I'll take 40. Tell you 20, I'll take 30, and y'all get mad at me. So I ain't even going to tell you how long it'll be. We'll just see. I'll try to hurry, all right? I want to look at the lad this morning. Just, just. Look at this lad that got to be a part of what God did. I think we can learn from him. I think there's something about him that'll help me and you. Now, I've done, I've done a little research. I've done some study on this. I tried my best to get real deep. Tried. But it didn't work. The first thing I've done, I looked at the word lad. And I've done a little word study on the word lad. I said, there's got to be something in that name, in, in, in his title that he was given in the Scripture. So I looked up lad, and I tried to go to the Greek. I tried to go to the Hebrew. I've done all of that. And here's all I could get. Everywhere I look is a small child. But that ain't deep. So that kind of left me a little disappointed. And I hope it don't leave you disappointed. But it's a small child. So with that in mind, let me say, first of all, I noticed this about the lad, he's little. 
he's little. Now, I'm, I'm not thinking in stature. I'm not thinking in size. I'm not even thinking in age. I'm thinking in another way that he's little. First of all, I notice this. He's little in the fact that he's unnamed. We have no idea what to call him other than lad. Goes right along with Sunday school this morning. Amen. God sent a prophet. Don't know his name. Let me say, if you're going to be involved in what God's doing, it might be that you remain unnamed, that nobody knows you. They might not even know what you're doing. They might not see your involvement. And that should be okay with me and you. It's all right nobody knows our name. This thing ain't about me and it ain't about you. Amen. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. If this world never knows mine and your name, they will not miss out on anything. But if they don't know his name, they're going to miss out on everything. Amen. So this, this is all about him and it's not about me and you. So it's okay if we're involved in what God's doing and nobody knows our name. Is that okay with you? He's little in the fact that he's unnamed. But also thought of this, not only is he little in the fact that he's unnamed, he's little in the fact that for the most part, he was unnoticed. I done mentioned this story. This account was recorded by all four writers. I look back in Matthew's account, and I read about what Matthew pinned down about that day and what happened. And did you know that Matthew don't even mention anything about a lad? He mentions the loaves and the fishes, but he don't mention nothing about no lad. I, I flipped over and I read Mark's account. Mark don't mention nothing about a lad. I flipped over and read Luke's account. Luke don't mention anything about a lad. John is the only one that gives us any idea that a lad even had a little part in what God did that day. Now, I know this Holy Ghost inspired. Please don't fall out with me there. But usually, when God used these men to pin down what He inspired them to pin down, He used their experience he used what they saw, what they heard, and that's what they penned. So with that in mind, Brother Joe, there's a good chance Matthew never saw no lad. Mark probably didn't know the lad was there. Luke probably had no idea where the fish or the bread even came from. John is the only one that mentions a lad. Hey, let me tell you this morning, if you're going to be involved in what God's doing, it should be okay with me and you both that if nobody even notices us. Amen. And whatever part that you have, you don't need no recognition. Amen. I, I understand a lot of people do everything they do for a pat on the back or for that thank you or for some kind of recognition. Well, if they don't make me a plaque after I've been so faithful all these years and present me at the plaque, I believe I'll quit and go somewhere else. If you get a plaque out of it, that's probably all you're going to get. Amen, if that's the purpose of why you're doing it. It should be okay with me and you both that nobody notices us. They don't need to write no book about me. They don't need to write one about you. Amen, because the book's already been wrote about him. Amen. He's little in the fact that he's unnamed. He's also little in the fact that for the most part, he was unnoticed. But then I thought, I thought of this. Not only is he little in the fact about those things, 
He's little in the fact that for this reason, he was uncounted. Think about it. The Bible said there's 5,000 men. Another writer said 5,000 men plus women and children. I don't know who counted. I don't know if it's exactly an accurate count. John said about 5,000 men. So they're, they're kindly, maybe not one by one, but they're trying to come up with a count. When they came up with the count, they just counted the men. He's not a man. He's a small child. So here's somebody that got to be involved in what God was doing that didn't even count. I want to say it this way, and I don't think it'll take anything from it. Here was somebody that got to be involved in what God was doing that was no count. <laughs> Amen. Now, I don't know if that does anything for you or not, but that kind of helps me. See, y'all don't really know me like I know me. I've really got y'all fooled. I hope that don't hurt anything, but I really do have y'all fooled. I am no count. Amen. And I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I don't want to burst your bubble, but I'm looking at a bunch of folk in a church house this morning. That's no count. Amen. I, I know you may have a higher opinion about yourself than that, but when it's all boiled down and we're just left, it's just me and you, uh, we're all a bunch of no counts, unworthy, unholy, for the most part unthankful, that ought to be in hell this morning. But thanks be unto God, the God that I serve will use folk that is no count. Amen. Hey, that ought to give you some hope this morning. It really don't matter where you've been. I, he may have saved you in prison. Amen. Hey, thank God. Oh, my. Hey, look what God's doing with Brother Ernie now. Amen. It hit me a while ago, Brother Philip, while Brother Ernie was talking about that while he was in prison. Uh, God saved him there. We're in a church house this morning. We're not in a prison. But it still may be the same circumstance. There may be somebody is in prison, not physically, but spiritually. Got good news for you. God will save you right where you are. Amen. And not only will he save you right where you are, He'll use you and let you be a part of what he's doing. Well, I'm telling you, if we pulled out the history books of our lives, would you want to do that? I don't want to. Y'all ain't got no business prying back my history. Amen? Is that okay? Well, why I preach? It's all under the blood. Amen? And when... When it's all said and done, I ain't no better than you are and you ain't no better than I am. We're a bunch of no counts, but look at us. We get to be a little part of what God's doing. Amen. Looked at the lad. I noticed that he's little. There's something else that jumped out about me about the lad. If you want to be a part of what God's doing, I want to help you. Not only is he little, I noticed this. He was listening. He's listening. Now, if I've got the scene right in my mind, brother son, I don't think there's no formal meeting taking place. I don't think nobody's up teaching. I don't think nobody's up preaching. There's just a crowd gathered here. Kind of like a church crowd, I guess you could say. But Jesus is just having a conversation with his disciples. 
Nothing formed. Watch it here in a little while. See if I ain't telling you right. When we dismiss church and we're going to go out here and have some fellowship and some fun and food. There's your three F's. Fellowship, food, and fun. Watch, watch your kids. What are they going to do? They're going to run off and do their little thing, play, and they're probably not going to pay any attention to much of our adult conversation. Amen. So in my mind, when I try to picture this, I'd imagine that most of the young folk were off doing their thing, gathered with their little crowds and their buddies, and, but not this lad. This lad had to be tuned in on, number one, what the Lord said. He's talking to Philip. When shall we buy bread that these may eat? He's not on no loudspeaker. He's not on some kind of intercom. They're having conversation. When shall we buy bread that these may eat? How did he know to offer his bread? He had five barley loaves. How did he know to offer them? How did he know the Lord was looking for bread? Listen. While all the others are doing their thing, he's tuned in on not just anybody. He's tuned in to what the Lord said. Amen. You know what that tells me? Oh, get a hold of this this morning. He had to be close to it. He had to be close to it. You want to be involved in what God's doing? Let me help you this morning. You better get close to Him. You get close to Him, you can find out how you can be involved in what God's doing. It really matters how close you are to the Lord. I ain't no doubt in my mind, preacher, good crowd this size, there's probably somebody here lost. Hey, some of you, somebody needs to get saved today. I'm convinced of that. Good crowd like this. You ask some preachers, some preachers think that half of our churches are full of people that's lost. I don't know the numbers. I don't know hearts. There's a good chance somebody just needs to get saved. Down on the other hand, we got some folk that are saved, but you ain't too close. You're close enough to keep your conscience at bay, close enough to feel good about yourself, close enough to have some peace about eternity, but other than that, you're just close enough. It really matters how close you are to the Lord. Can I give you a biblical example? The closer you are, the more you're going to hear Him say. What about this? All the voices, all the sound that was going on there on that hillside that day, out of all them voices, He heard the Lord's. John, y'all probably already know this, one of my favorite books. If not my favorite, it's real close. One of my favorites. John usually pinned down what the other three didn't mention much of. Study it. What the other three mentioned a whole lot about, John didn't mention much about. Just a different book. Wrote in an entirely different time. John, out of those things that he pinned down that the others didn't, here's one that really catches my mind, my attention. 
Remember Calvary. Seven sayings that Jesus said while he's hanging on the cross. We gather those seven from the four riders. There was one saying that Jesus said while he's hanging on Calvary that was only mentioned by one rider. That saying was recorded by John. And here's what that saying was. To tell us that. It is finished. Something just ran up my back. If I had been Matthew, and I'd heard the Lord say, it's finished, I'd pin that down. What a powerful statement. Jesus said it's finished. If I'd been Mark, better believe it. I'd put that down. Luke, why is John the only one? Pin that down. The only one close enough to hear it. Don't believe that the Lord said, It's finished! Rather, probably just before his chin fell over on a pulseless chest. I think he probably whispered. What a statement. I'm even glad that John was close enough to hear what the Lord said. If he's going to whisper something today, would you be close enough to hear? If he's going to speak in a still, small voice, would you be close enough to hear? Really matters. Preacher, ain't he close to us? Not when we've gone away. Here's what the Lord said. Draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. The initiative's on us. How close are you? I'm going to be blunt honest with you. As close as you want to be. He ain't building no fences around himself to keep people away. Amen. Matter of fact, it's right the opposite. He bids us to come. He wants you close. Oh, but the problem is we don't want to get too close. It's too uncomfortable the closer we get. Amen. We've got to get off of that. He was listening. He's little. He's listening. i got to hurry. Y'all okay? 12, 13. Is that all right? That ain't bad. I just got three more. I don't think I'll preach as long on those three as I did the first two. He was little. He's listening, but y'all know this. I saw where he's limited. 5,000 men plus women and children. What a need. Y'all, y'all imagine the need wanting to feed this crowd. Looking for bread. When shall we buy bread that these Hey, he looks, he says, hey, I've got some bread. I've got some bread. I've got five barley loaves. Again, y'all have heard it before. Barley loaves, it's probably not the kind of loaf your mama baked. Get that out of your head. It's not a big, one preacher said it like this, it's more like a cracker. And it would be considered what a loaf we know it is. Two small fish. That same preacher said 
some fish more like sardines. Basically, all he had was some sardines and crackers. And there's 20,000 people that's hungry. It's needing to be fed. I'm going to be honest with you. If that had been me, I'd tucked it away. I'd said, I don't know what y'all going to do. I mean, why even offer what we have? As limited as he was, as limited as we are, why even offer something so small when the need is so great? I want to remind you this morning. You see, in the lad's hands, it's five barley loaves, two small fishes. In Andrew's hands, it's five barley loaves. Two small fishes. But when it got out of the lad's hands, into Andrew's hands, from Andrew's hands into the Lord's hands, it's no longer just five barley loaves and two small fishes. It now is not just enough. It's more than enough in the Lord's hands. He never did anything by mistake. He never showed off. The Lord never one time said, watch this. Amen. Did everything with a purpose. Got to ask you a question. If he did everything for a purpose, you think the Lord knew exactly how many was there? Hey, church, if if he's got the hair on our head numbered, that ain't so hard for him with some of us. I didn't mean to look at you, Brother Joe. If he's got the hair on our head numbered, you know he knew exactly how many was there that day. I've got to ask you another question. If he knew exactly how many people were there that day, you think he knew exactly how much they'd eat? Right down to the last crumb. Why did he make enough where they had 12 basketfuls of leftovers? There's a purpose in it. We're not going to get into the argument of what they did with the 12 basketfuls. But I believe right here is one of the biggest reasons he did that. He wants me and you to know that he's not just enough. He's more than enough. (laughs) Don't let your little bit, don't let your limitations hinder you from getting involved in what God's doing. Give your little bit to him and watch what God does with it. I would love to see the boy's face. He knew what he had. He knew what he gave. The Lord took it. That's a miracle within itself. That any of us would have anything he'd take. He didn't just take it. He gave thanks for it. You ever offered anything to God that God was thankful for? He transformed it. Now watch this. Have the men sat down. They sat down, much grass in a place. He's going to give it to the disciples. The disciples are going to pass it out. The Lord worked pretty hard that day. How long did it take him? But he reaches in and pulls it out and gives it to the disciples. Reaches in, pulls it out, and gives it to the disciples. Reaches in, gives it to the disciples. Reaches in, gives it to the disciples. I'd say first few minutes, he's like, cool. But then after about 30 minutes of that, he's like, I didn't know there's that much in there. 
I can only imagine how big them eyes was. An hour later, he's still pulling from what he Oh, gosh. <laughs> he's still pulling from what he gave. Well, he's limited. Let me give you this. I saw this about him. Not only is he limited, I don't like to use this word, especially in, real, in the religious realm, in the political realm. Some of you already know what the word is. He's liberal. Amen. I ain't got much use for liberal, usually, until it comes to our giving. I'll throw something else out here to you. Y'all okay? 1220. Give me 10 more. Well, shouldn't have said that. Give me a few more minutes, okay? If that had been me, if I was going to give something, y'all just have to forgive me. Y'all prove well like me, I think, though. i tell you what I've done. I'd seen what I had, five barley loaves, two small fishes. I think I know what I've done. I said, Lord, I'll give you three loaves. I keep two. I'll give you one fish and I'll keep one fish. Hey, if he'd done that, he'd still gave more than anybody else. And you'll never convince me he's the only one that had any food. You'll never convince me he's the only one that had any food. Let me throw something else out here, just something to think about. They took up 12 baskets of leftovers. Where'd they get them baskets from? What was in them before? I, I believe there's some other folk that had some food. He's the only one that gave him. If he gave three loaves and one fish, he gave more than anybody else. Let me ask you this. If he just gave three loaves and one fish, would that have hindered the Lord? He could have took three loaves and one fish and done the same thing. But that little lad would have known all his days that he held back. He didn't give it all. He left that day. I promise you this. He was glad he didn't keep none for himself. He was glad that he went ahead and gave everything. I promise you this. Just because he gave everything does not mean that he left with nothing. He not only got his belly full, there's a good argument that he left with 12 basketfuls of leftovers. Amen. He did not regret giving everything. But I believe with all my heart, if he'd only gave a little bit, he'd regretted that. What are you saying, preacher? It's mission conference. You telling us to give all of our money? No, I ain't telling you give all your money. I'm telling you give more than that. I'm telling you give all yourself. Give all yourself. And don't hold nothing back. Give it all to him. Give it all to him. J.C. Penney, all y'all know this. He started tithing. He started giving 90%. He only kept 10%. I think God's real good to us, don't you? Amen. He'll never let you go hungry if you'll give him everything. He can do more with you and your 90% or your 10%, whichever way you want to look at it, than you can do with all of it. Give it to God. Give everything to him and watch what God does with you. He's liberal. I'm, I'm done. Give you one more. I saw this about him. I preached kind of along this lines here before. So I'll just throw this one out. Not only was he liberal, he was loved. 
his love. The question, where did he get them five barley loaves and two small fishes start with? I don't think he's the fisherman. I don't think he's the baker. I think somebody else gave it to him. Amen. Everything we've got. I hope you understand this. Everything we've got's come from somebody else. I tell you who it's come from. It come from God. Everything. Preacher, I worked hard for what I got. Who gave you the health and strength to get out of bed? Amen. Who gives you the air to breathe? Who wakes you up in the morning? I'm telling you, it's God, friend. God's been so good to us. He loves you more than you ever dreamed. Unconditionally, He cares about you. And He just keeps on giving. What we do is take what we've been given, pass it on. Give it back to Him. Watch what God does. You want to be involved in what God's doing? He'll even let you have a little part. Listen. I don't believe all the rewards have come from that day yet. Wait till we get to the judgment seat of Christ. We don't know what his name will be. God does. One day that little name be called out. And somehow or another it's going to get spread through the crowd. That's the lad. <laughs> That's the lad. Reward. you, God do more with you than you ever dreamed of. You let him try to have it. You won't regret it. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. They're going to come get a song. Good way to start the mission conference. Bring our little basket. Bring our little box. Bring our little selves. Little now. Unnoticed unnamed, no count, bring ourselves to God and say, God, I sure would like to be involved somehow, some way. All that you're doing. I don't know if you use me. I don't know if you want me. Sometimes I don't even think I got anything to give. Lord, what little I have, what little I am, I give it to you. You do with it whatsoever you please. Then watch what God does. Let's all stand. Something's done come. I'd encourage you to come this morning.